0: Listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Guard Studios.
1: We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Right here on Bass Edge Radio. That's right. Here we go, y'all, to December 15th. Last episode of 2022, Aaron. It is Christmas time.
2: It is Christmas time, and uh, normally we are coming live from MegaWare Kilgard Studios, but this time <laughs> Kurt decided to do it live from <laughs> Santa's magical kingdom, the land of misfits. That's right, um, North as, Pole. That's the right, North Pole. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put yourself in in that that high esteem with uh, those people that it can actually <laughs> sing. So, but Hey, always, always a pleasure. Always fun. I'm glad you brought that back, but now I know why we stopped. But as mentioned, <laughs> Megaware KeelGuard, they have been the long-term supporters and partners of Bass Edge Radio, all things Bass Edge. Be sure to stay on top of them with uh, Megaware KeelGuard at KeelGuard.com.
1: Yes, Aaron. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about KeelGuard. We're going to talk a little bit more about Christmas. We're going to talk a little bit more about New Year's and we're gonna have a new member of the Bass Elite Series in our Featured Angler Spotlight. Man, we kind of need a, to
2: like create this jacket ceremony thing, Kurt. We should yes. we should do that for 2023. You know, when we have a new like, p- new person come on, like, they get a Bass Edge jacket or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, like like that. When you win the Masters, you get a green jacket, or if, or if you're you know entered into the Hall of Fame, right? You get a Hall of Fame jacket. I, I agree. A Bass All Edge. Right, put that to your jacket. list. Maybe a pin. Maybe we can do pins. How about a coffee cup? (laughs) Here we go. Y'all stay tuned. It's going to be another great episode right here with Bass Edge Radio
0: nitro performance bass boats get pro level performance with the nitro z18 the official boat of major league fishing The z18 with its nimble handling and versatility sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line like a guardian live well a heavily insulated cooler dual eight-foot rod storage and our smooth and fast nvt hull every nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well catch fish Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Aaron, I
1: definitely one of my best openers in, in some time. I, I know that you feel like, you know, I shouldn't be singing on Bat's Edge, but uh, I just really like to do it. Too. Well, no, I
2: didn't say you shouldn't be singing. It's just it's probably better suited in a sound booth, you know, with no exactly. microphones.
1: So. <laughs> with no microphones. And that's right. It's that's right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I got you. All right. Good stuff. Hey, look, it's Christmas time. As we open the show. And it is also the end of 22 arising. In this episode, both things will be happening as this is the uh, featured show in the bottom part of December of 2022. Aaron, let's go over number one first Christmas gift. What's your number one Christmas gift that you're asking Diana for to throw under the tree for you this year?
3: Yeah,
2: that's a good question. You know, I, I'll I've got to kind of throw out a precursor in the fact that you and I are kind of spoiled in the fact that we already have all the Megaware products. We, you know, you run yes. the Ranger boat, which is a White River Marine product. I have the Nitro, so Mercury, uh, Powerpole Charger. We, we've got we've got all of those things. So I, I would say beyond that, I, I'm gonna. I, I know you're gonna you're gonna be shocked, I think, by this one, Kurt. I'm gonna <laughs> actually ask for a Jewel Virtus Rod in the Red Diamond series. And I there want it specific, are. though, it's a specific rod to throw a wiggle wart slash rock crawler on. Because as you know, I love, uh, you know, kind of this time of year all the way yeah. through, uh, through to that spring. I really, really love doing that. And uh, the rod is key in that. So that's what I'm going for. How about you? You're
1: going to get immediate return on that gift this time of year. So I really like that selection. Under my gift, I'm going to ask Rhonda to get me something It's Christmas, right? So something I typically would not buy on my own throughout the year. So I'm gonna ask for a thousand yard spool of Seaguar Tatsu. Ooh, going for the good stuff, yeah. I'm I'm going for the, and it's uh, I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna ask for 15 pound test. That's overall my my most used pound line. So, dude, it's expensive. But yeah, yeah. it is the baddest line I've ever used. So perfect Christmas gift for me, Seagar Tatsu. And, I agree. Uh, How about you that's, order that's some uh,
2: some ten pound, and then let me use some of it so I can
0: put on that, that uh, <laughs> right. jewel rod uh, that I'm going to be throwing the yeah. Around.
1: That that sounds like a plan. I like that. I like that. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I get it if uh, Rhonda comes through. Okay, <laughs> Ron's right. got to come through first. All right, now we dive right into the last portion of when this is the featured episode here. Right, taping here, December fifteenth, launching it. Well, actually, taping the fourteenth, right, launching to fifteenth, and and before the end of the year, though, we got to think about some New Year's resolutions, right? So, New Year's resolution. I, let me tell you mine. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you mine first. My New Year's resolution. Is to go fun fishing more. Ah, Dude, I get very good. I get so teed up on, you know, set the calendar, these are my tournament dates, you know, and, and essentially what happens is outside of you know my Hayabusa job and 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 taping bass edge and doing the youth fishing camps, you know, it just needs some time to go out and enjoy my own deal, right? Like my own fishing adventure. And even just right doing it right here. Lake Amistad at my home. So I am going to make a resolution to more fun fishing dates in 2023. How about you?
2: I think that's important. No, I think that's a great call on your part, uh, getting back to your roots, back to the basics, kind of reinvigorating You know yourself in the sport. I think is is always very important because of burnout. You know we've we've talked about it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But for me personally, uh, I'm going to do a kind of a little bit the same, but I'm going to focus a little more on Bass Edge. You know, Kurt, this is our 390th episode. I can remember when you and I, you know, we celebrated episode 100. But uh, (laughs) as as we roll over into 2023, I really want to dive off into you know, are we staying relevant? Are we staying current? Uh, Is Bass Edge, you know, with the product that we're Providing Just really uh, kicking over, over every stone within Bass Edge to see if we can't kind of take it to its next level. I, I think that's going to be my focus and my resolution
1: as it pertains to fishing. Well, this has been your baby for many years many many years 2006 2005 probably six probably it it was it was born like coming out of the womb and and 2006 being nourished and and now here we are holy crap the end of 2022 so uh Man, I get that. It's a great resolution. I look forward to seeing what you have in store in your vision and back of that mind of yours. But uh, until then... Well, I hate to tell you, you're going to probably be the
2: first to know because you're going to have to help me do it.
1: So (laughs) anyway... (laughs) We'll talk about that apparently, but we're going to continue on to our featured Angler Spotlight. And, uh, you know, kicking off the last episode, we've got a rookie, an Elite Series rookie in the house. Y'all stay tuned to get to know this angler we'll have on the show when it could be a 2023 Bassmaster Elite Series Angler. Hang tight, Bass Edge Radio.
0: be right back. This is MLF Pro Circuit title champion Jimmy
3: Washam. This is professional angler Andrew Upshaw. This is BASS Elite Series
1: champion Brian Schmidt. This is BASS Open champion Nick LeBrun right
0: here on Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do it yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life developed specifically by boat builders offering the best keel protection in the industry also for megaware keel guard skeg guard step pro and pontoon guard so give your boat the performance edge put on the protection the pros pick megaware keel guard we got ourselves a new in today's
1: show. That's right, a rookie in the 2023 BASS Elite Series. Man, qualifying for the BASS Northern Opens in 2022. Actually winning that division's Angler of the Year. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out a seasoned Open Angler. We'll join the ranks in these Elite Series in 2023. We'll find out what makes this rookie tick and look forward to learning more about this Connecticut Angler. That's right. Welcome to the show, Alex Weatherall. Thanks for being on the Bass Edge Radio today with us, Alex. Yeah, thank you
3: very much for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
2: Well, Alex, congratulations. I've got to say for one thing, because to get on uh, Kurt's short list or, uh, you know, what, what us old timers used to call speed dial, which is non-existent anymore, um, you know, that means that you're doing something right. And obviously you've been competing in the BASS Open since 2016. What made 2022 the year? You know, you've been consistent in the past with some very high finishes. So really what put you over the top to qualify for the 2023 Elite Series?
3: uh finally finally having three good tournaments uh in succession because uh as you mentioned I've had some good events before and now I've I even had one year where I had like I think a fourth a fifth and then a sixth but there was a 128 in between those and so yeah just finally Uh, I was able to, I think, really just learn a lot from over the last couple of years, Um, you know, learn how to practice accordingly. That was a big thing for me because I've had terrible practices and I've learned to turn those into good events. And in the very first event um, in Virginia on the James River that I led, I had a terrible practice, but Um, I think I've learned how to eliminate water, and I've learned a few other things over the years, fishing the Opens, and I think that all kind of accumulated into uh, finally having a, a good, consistent season.
1: Alex, you're from up there in Connecticut. You probably have fished the Connecticut River quite a bit, a tidal fisher. You mentioned right there about catching them on the James River. Man, you had a 25 pound bag leading it the first day of the tournament. Man, it was it was fun to watch that weigh-in. I was actually there wondering how anybody caught 20 pounds of fish that day because <laughs> I didn't. And then it was a crowded fishery the way the way it was fishing then back in in April last year. But um, Aaron touched on it a little bit. You competed in these northern opens and some southern opens events for a long time. Do you feel prepped? You know, based on your experiences in the past to, to hit some of these broader range of fisheries that you'll encounter now in the Elite Series and and kind of what's your plan for prepping 2023 to obtain your goals? I read an article, goals in 2023, three top 10 finishes and a win in an event. Those are lofty and I love to hear those kind of goals?
3: Yeah, I definitely have some lofty goals, but, you know, I mean, I feel like everybody should, you know, and and uh, I'm extremely competitive. And in terms of prepping, you know, I feel like what I try to do is I try to stack all the cards in my favor. And what I mean by that is as much as I can do within my control, I try to do right. And so I'm researching as much as I can. I'm trying to put time in. I plan to pre-practice a couple of these places. And yeah, you know, overall, I do feel prepped even from a fishing standpoint, because what's kind of unique to Connecticut is, as you mentioned, we have Connecticut River, so we do have tidal fisheries up here in the north. Uh, at the same time, we have Candlewood and we have some of these other places that, from a, a lake fishing standpoint, you know, I've kind of gotten some, you know, just knowledge and, and understanding over the years of that. And I think my one real concern was was Florida and just grass fishing, because that's something, you know, we we do flip up here, but not, you know, I'm not looking at miles of four foot depth range, looking for six inches, you know, depressions and, and, you know, that, that was very different, but so far when I've gone to Florida, I've done pretty well. So, um, I'm sure, I mean, I clearly understand I have a ton to learn still. Um, but like I said, I try to do as much as I can in the meantime and and control what I can control and then, uh, you know, leave everything else up, uh, and, you know, just go out there and figure it out on the fly. But overall, I, you know, I feel good. Um, I feel like the years in the Opens is, is uh, you know, they may not have been the most fun um, having heartbreaks here and there. But they've definitely, I think, prepared me for uh, finally making the Elite Series.
2: Alex, you know, you're in Connecticut. You've mentioned uh, – and I'm actually, I'm kind of jealous. Kurt and I was supposed to shoot a show way back in the days of, of Bass Edge filming on Candlewood. And somehow that one got scratched yeah. from the lake. And I'm still kicking rocks across the parking lot because of that decision. But long but we
1: story – Hey, we had a good time on the Hudson, though.
2: We, d- we did. We did. We did. We did. I, I was just wanting to do both. I'm greedy. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> the right. consummate bass angler. There's five in the live well and I want to catch another one, you know? So, um right. but anyway, you know, what would you consider as your fishing strengths with Connecticut, you know, being your home state and has that geography helped you to develop as a consistent angler, would you say?
3: Yeah, I, I definitely think so. It's, it's, always funny whenever someone asks me like what's my favorite technique or what my strength is because i you know i I don't really feel like i have one particular one um if i had to choose one i guess it would be chatterbait since uh you know just like bladed jigs because i think made the most money in the opens um in those events when i've been able to throw one but uh yeah i definitely think it does And, and candlewood is such a unique fishery because those fish like what you would typically do in this region just throw it out the window you know like the smallmouth especially like they just are are very different Um, I always joke around that they have you know they went to college and they have PhDs because you know they're they're very they seem to be very smart fish and and yeah I I definitely think even from a pressure standpoint and just understanding you know tough conditions that has definitely prepped me for that but at the same time it is a pretty incredible fishery because especially this year in general uh, I mean it took multiple 23 to 28-pound bags for five fish on a 5,000-acre lake, which is pretty unheard of.
1: That's phenomenal, dude. There, There's a lot going on up there in the northeast, more than what the general uh, angler down south would really understand because... You know, you've got the vegetation, and just you know, like the Connecticut River, for example, you'd think kind of like a rocky deal, but it's I won't say it's swampy, but it's definitely got a lot of vegetation, a lot of current-oriented stuff, which which helps in in those regards. And then the lakes that you talk about there, that that you can you know catch giant bags on, right? So it's 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 a cool place to to do. And when I looked at the Elite Series schedule, obviously you got a couple of events right up there. I don't want to say they're your backyard, but I would say some home fisheries maybe like St. Lawrence and Champlain. Have you been able to spend a lot of time up on those bodies of water as well? Uh,
3: I've spent some time. I definitely have a lot more time to uh, put in there and, and learn those places, but you know, it is nice if I'm going to go spend a weekend somewhere where those are four-hour drives, which are definitely more uh, home lakes than, say, a 26-hour drive to. <laughs> Uh, the Sabine or something like that. That's right, so, that's right. But yeah, yeah, um, I mean, Champlain's an incredible fishery, so is the St. Lawrence, and to have both of those within four hours of driving, is that's definitely a nice thing. And, and I've I've gone there and fun fished uh, most of the last five years in the fall up there, so I'm, I'm starting to learn it, but those are those are big places too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be good that you're you're around the house a little bit more. That'll that'll be a, a real nice change for sure. I know uh, traveling all over the country for some of these events, it can get it can get daunting at times. So when you have a few close ones, it makes life a little bit easier. Man, I feel like you've got a great foundation to be successful for years to come on the Elite Series. Man, it was I met you just a few weeks ago at a tackle distributor show, and uh, many fans. Don't know that you're a big part of the lure company Lunker City. What have you taken from your experiences working in the tackle industry to kind of prepare you for the business side of of this endeavor as you become a national tour angler on the Elite Series?
3: Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a really cool experience up to this point, right? So like Wunker City, which I'm sure everybody knows from the the sluggo back in the day when everyone used to throw that and um you know, I used to work at Cabela's for 7 years in the fishing department and that taught me a lot about the retail side of the industry and about, you know, just product packaging and and the way it looks on the peg in the store and and, and that whole side of it and then I was I switched over and started to work at Wunker City about 5 years ago. Uh, And that was really cool because now I got to see the manufacturing side of it. Right. And it was almost like putting those pieces together. And so now, you know, we were just able to um, just improve on some things and just take, you know, some of the the great products that we have and start to build on those. And it's really nice uh, from a business standpoint to in just working here where we can go out fish, you know, the open and then come back and say, hey, I think we should make this jig head or we should make this product. And, you know, the next day we can start working on it. So it's been a really cool experience seeing both sides of that uh, industry. And, and I've gotten so much knowledge just from that, you know, seeing the manufacturing process to selling to you know, a tackle store to then seeing it in the store itself and understanding what customers are looking for and you know what colors sell well and you know the whole spectrum. So it's kind of given me a, a unique look um, that I don't think too many people get the opportunity to see.
1: Yeah, let's let's expose that a little bit real quickly. Lunker City, what are some products that Lunker City is is uh, has developed that? are are some of the best sellers and and people are really gravitating towards some of those products that, that you see.
3: Yeah. So the, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, I think we're, we're talking 30 plus years in business now at Lunker city and the sluggo still sells very well. Um, and and it sells all over the world because, uh, we're actually a global company and, and there's, you know, we have the saltwater side, we have the freshwater side, but on the freshwater side, the sluggo still sells well. Uh, the finesse fish, um, sells really, really well, especially, uh, not just for bass guys, but also for walleye guys. And then, uh, you know, the Osmo is a really cool looking creature bait. Um, one of my favorite products is the uh, swimming ribster, which is what I use as a trailer on all of my bladed jigs, just because it's durable. I've caught a lot of big fish on it. Um, and just, I've got a lot of confidence in that. And then on the terminal side, that new Titan jig head that we came out with, um, I'm really, really, really happy with. And one thing I'll just throw out there is that lunker grip. So all of our jig heads have what I would consider like 10 or so small barbs on there. And so it doesn't tear up the jig head when you put it on there, but it holds it almost as good as super glue and this plastic kind of forms around it. And so all of our Jakeheads have that, and that's something that ever since I started working here, I've been a huge fan of. Very cool. Aaron, how many Sluggos did you throw back in the day?
2: Oh, my gosh. I was still thinking I, – I, I still have some. <laughs> I mean, you know, and the, the bubblegum and the white, and I mean, you know, that you just took me way back, Alex, on that one.
1: Dude, so <laughs> I, I think Sluggo was the predecessor. It, you know, I heard stories about – the Sluggo had a a, a crazy – insider following back. I think it was in the 80s. Alex, dude, it was check, a cult. You, it was a cult. You probably have the, the history on this a little bit. So so follow up what what I'm about to mention here. But I think it was in the 80s. The Sluggo had this cult following started to hit the tournament trail and people were using it similar to like a fluke. And then it really took off when people started using it weightless. And it kind of took off into that weightless flukeish Senko ish action, and that was kind of what started that big trend. Is that is that kind of right, Alex? What's the history on the sluggo? I mean, iconic lure in bass fishing.
3: Yeah. So what uh, what Herb, who's the owner of the company, still has told me is that he you know started it back in his garage, and you know it, it was basically just a lot of hard baits, and it was mostly hard baits at that time. And so he started playing around, you know, pouring the the soft bait, and then put those little joints in there. And I guess what he started doing was just in his local tournaments around, you know, Connecticut started throwing it. And, and there was a very, you know, when you, when you're throwing a lure and, and there's a, you can tell when there's a very distinct difference of, uh, you know, how well that outperforms everything else. And so some guys started to recognize that and they started asking for a couple. And next thing you know, he's, you know, making them out of his garage and what he was telling me was every time that he, built a production mold to you know try to keep up with demand by the time that production mold got made he already needed three more to keep <laughs> up with it and you know he, he would tell me stories where you know selling to japan they would fill up an entire tractor trailer full of sluggo and uh send it over there and by the time he got done with that they were already ordering another one it was uh yeah it was it was pretty crazy and it definitely seemed to open up that entire genre of you know soft jork bait um fishing
1: yeah absolutely man great story appreciate you sharing that man alex we got to go and power pole down for a quick break y'all hang tight we're going to be right back after these messages from our partners with bass elite series rookie alex Weatherill.
2: The Bass Edge Christmas Edition is presented in part by Mercury Marine, returning with 2023 BASS Elite Series angler Alex Weatherall. In this episode's featured angler spotlight, Mercury Marine, go
1: boldly. Alex, since you're on both ends of the fence here, we kind of talked about this before the break. But uh, man, the age old question, you know, how do I get a sponsor? How do I get started in the industry? How do I how do I get noticed? What are you seeing from your success as an angler and also success you see from promoters through Lunker City? Can you kind of expand on that of how an angler needs to go about trying to get noticed while they're working a step, maybe from the opens to the elite series or maybe even just from, you know, being a, a weekend angler that's becoming more successful? on, say, the Bass Nation or the BFL series, those types of things. What kind of knowledge can you provide anglers such as that?
3: Yeah, sure. That's a, it's a great question. So I think one of the biggest things that isn't talked about is uh, networking. And networking as in just going out and meeting people, getting to know people, starting to build relationships, uh, because I feel like that is so, so important, and yet it is so you know just not talked about it all, right, and so i mean even even us you know just meeting a couple of weeks ago opened up the opportunity for this not that i was I was looking for that, right, but it's just getting sure. to know people, you know that opens up the door for for other things and um, you know, yes, uh, winning and doing well in tournaments is important, right? Yes, you know, moving product is important because at the end of the day, you don't need to be successful in the tournament scene. You need to be able to move product. And that's what, you know, companies care about is that that bottom line And you know, creating content and, you know, all of those things play a factor, yes, but I feel like networking is so, so important. Um, You know, also actually using the product that you are requesting, right? Because I, what's kind of cool is I see both sides of this is I'm, I'm going to people who are managing pro staff asking for, you know, deals. And then I have people coming to me and sending me emails and phone calls, you know, on a consistent basis, looking for the same thing. Right. So, Um, You know, one of the first questions I ask is, you know, do you use our product? And, you know, if people don't use our product and aren't familiar with it, then that's at least a huge factor, considering factor when I'm, I'm looking at someone. Um, You know, and then also, yeah, it's, it's, do they have a successful tournament scene? Yeah, sure. That's important, but it's not that important. Usually it's, do they have a YouTube channel, right? Are they, are they well known somewhere? Are they well known on social media? Do they create good content? You know, there, there is a need for more than just a successful tournament angler. Um, and I think now more than ever, social media has, you know, exposed that or expanded that. But, yeah, I think if I had to narrow it down, if I wanted someone to take away something from today, I think it would be networking. You know, and that doesn't mean going places with the idea of um, I need to meet people to open up doors for myself, right, from a selfish standpoint. It's more so You know, instead of fishing a tournament and just leaving, go around, talk to people, shake hands, you know, meet people and build relationships with that in mind. And then that in turn, secondarily, will open up more doors for you down the road. Absolutely. It
1: all comes together in living that passion. And if you're truly living that passion, these doors of networking will, will begin to open up. Aaron, I know you've seen that a lot in fishing as well as your financial services job, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, I, I liked your response there, Alex, because I just think we use the term Kurt and I talk about it a lot, just of how, you know, even Bass Edge came about. Most of it was just off of organic, you know, style conversations of just being out or, or fishing together, or, Hey, you get to know somebody and Curt knows this person and introduces to this or, or vice versa. Um, and, and, you know, that is to me for marketing and for selling product, that's the best way to do it. Takes a little longer, perhaps, but normally that audience that you captivate, they're gonna be with you long term and and you know provide a lot of loyalty, you know, downfield. One of the the questions that that seems to pop up on every single episode of, of Bass Edge is is the discussion of electronics, you know, and we see many trends kind of in the industry, you know, and and how it's changing the sport. Curious to know how you've adapted to these changes in your fishing Alex, and and what you see as the next steps that anglers should be taking to kind of stay competitive in bass fishing?
3: Yeah, it's, um, thankfully, that's been an area where it's just been a natural progression for me. Um, I'm someone that just tinkers on my own and, and is always playing around with electronics and that whole scene. Um, So for me, it's it's just been a natural progression of, you know, and, and what has helped a lot for me is I've always stayed with the same brand, right? So in the very beginning, I was using a hummingbird 997 and then i just continued to slowly upgrade from there and then you know eventually met someone there and built relationships and now you know they're one of my sponsors but just going from one single unit right and we're just looking at 2d and trying to drop down on fish and playing video games right back in the day like I say back in the day, but you know, it really was just a couple of years ago, five right. years ago when um, you know, that was happening. But yeah, just going from that and people thinking like that is uh, you know, a big deal and you know your electronics to now expanding to three you know, three sixty. And then the side imaging came out, you know, before the three sixty and now it's the mega live and um, you know, so it's just been a uh I'd say a very steep slope in the last couple of years, um, you know, to your point, but at the same time, now more than ever, someone can go on YouTube and they can find ten how-to videos, you know, where five years ago that wasn't really available. So you were kind of figuring out on your own. So what I would say to anglers is, you know, these electronics are gonna be here. They're here to stay, right? And it's it's really beneficial to the angler because ten years ago, all you had was 2D before even, you know, side imaging came out. And so you couldn't go down a lake and learn a whole section of it in one day. And now you can. So it saves people a lot of time. But yes, at the same time, there's a lot of available information online Uh, with social media, with YouTube and videos. And so spend the time, and this is what I tell people, same thing with techniques, if you want to learn a technique, same thing with electronics. Go out for one day and just spend time learning your electronics, You know, watching videos, learning how to – this is one thing that I talk about when I do a seminar for electronics is from lake to lake, the bottom changes, right? And so the settings change. So when you're fishing Candlewood in Connecticut and then you go to the Connecticut River – Those settings and those that bottom is going to be a harder or softer. Those settings are going to change. And just tweaking a few small things can really open up your eyes to a lot of things that you might not have seen before. So... Uh, I, I think the information and the access and availability is out there to learn the electronics. And I would just, uh, you know, really push everybody to try to do that as much as possible because it will pay dividends, whether you're tournament fishing or you're just trying to fun fish.
1: Man, well said. Well said, Alex. I like your take on that. You know, I know a lot of anglers up north and, you know, I used to live in Virginia. So I had a lot of friends that lived in New York and, and a, you know, a few in Connecticut and in those areas of the country. And, you know, it's always kind of been a challenge. For them, Uh, I've seen in the past when the elite series starts early, earlier than what they're used to getting out and fishing, right? Like, Dude, it's still freaking crazy cold in January and February up there. And uh, all this, you know, you're getting boats ready and getting things rigged and you're getting ready to start the Elite Series season. And, and all of a sudden you jet south and, man, it's upon you. Like competition is beginning. Will you take any additional steps to kind of what I call knock the rust off before the Elite Series season starts? Or what's your take on... Do you have that issue where, where you gotta kind of knock some of the rust off? You know, even you know fishing the southern opens and the and the northern opens in the past several years. Do you feel like you got to get out a, a week or two or or so ahead of time and just kind of make sure everything's keyed up, working right?
3: Yeah, I mean certainly to some degree. And, and I'll just say this: it is very nice to go from walking outside to three feet of snow to walking outside <laughs> in shorts and a t-shirt. So <laughs> I, I I have no problem going south and. January. Um, but yeah, uh, I've definitely seen it where when you're fishing back to back events or you're fishing just in succession from one lake to the next. Um, you you kind of get into a rhythm, and so it would definitely be nice fishing against the best anglers in the world to already be at that point where I'm fishing in a rhythm. So, yeah, I plan to uh, pre-practice at least uh, one of those Florida uh, lakes before the cutoff. I'm gonna head down there and fish for a couple of days and try to check out Okeechobee and Seminole since I've never been to either one of those. So, uh, yeah, and, and I think hopefully that, is, as you mentioned, will help me uh, kind of knock the rust off and just try, okay. try to get. Prepared prepared for you know what's to come, and, and that schedule that is going to be kind of nonstop once that starts.
1: Yeah, they they uh they're blasting it out this year. A lot of back to backs, which I used to always like the back to backs.
3: Like you said, they kind of keep you in that
1: rhythm, especially if you can get out there a couple weeks before or a week before you actually start hitting hitting these lakes and or, or you know get into a back to back scenario. Because the last thing you want to do is kind of have a squirrely hiccup, as you as you've seen in the past years previous to this year in the opens where you might have had an engine issue or or just some kind of uncontrollable variable that can knock you back a day or two. And when you get knocked back a day or two in in the elite series, it can be costly really, really quick. So interesting how how northern anglers have to deal with that differently, I think totally from a southern oriented uh, geographic anglers.
3: One thing that I do uh, think has helped us northern anglers is is there seems to be, Uh, And I guess you know some people might agree or disagree with this, but to some degree, I think there's a lot more pressure up here, right? And a lot of, a lot, especially with like smaller lakes um, or just not places where these fish really school up. And so, especially like on a on a river system, Connecticut River, things like that. Like I like those tough events, and I like having to figure that out, and that. That is definitely one thing that I think is an advantage for northern anglers. And then when I go down south, it's kind of nice to have that in my back pocket, especially when some of these tournaments get tough or a cold front comes through. And, you know, it's kind of I have that in my back pocket or at least – Whether that's a placebo effect or not, I I don't know, but I I just know that, uh, you know, from a confidence standpoint, that's something I've taken away, at least on a positive aspect from uh, fishing up north. Yeah. man,
1: it it seems like over the last couple of years, Aaron, I'd like to hear your take on this too. The days of catching 15 to 25 bass in tournament preparation or in tournaments themselves, they seem to be by the wayside a little bit. That's, That's an oddity these days where it seemed like 10, 15 years ago is pretty common. Now it's consistently that seven, eight, nine bites is kind of a good day. What's your take on that, Aaron?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you're exactly right. I think because of pressure, because of, you know, wising up, but I would also, and maybe flip this back to the two of you that are at the highest level competing, I don't know that when I'm kind of doing my regional stuff that I really want 25 bass a day. It's, it's almost kind of like <laughs> okay. if I can keep it in that the guardrails to that five to nine like you speak of, Kurt, then I feel pretty good because then I feel like everyone thereafter is not necessarily helping me or uh you know getting to where I might want to be or need to be come tournament day
3: yeah couldn't agree. yeah Alex I, what's your take yeah, yeah sorry um I, I completely agree I completely agree and I actually think that uh, from the open standpoint that's one of the best things that they did was they uh did a cutoff for uh the practice because I I could see a difference just going and fishing these opens and having some of these guys out there you know practicing for two weeks straight and uh, you know, some of those guys don't throttle as, you know, how, how many fish they catch in a day. And so, right. yeah, by the tournament day, it, from showing up four days before the tournament to the actual tournament day, you can see the difference. So, yeah, it's uh, I think that's one good thing that they did come out of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Aaron. Yeah, that's a cool perspective,
1: especially on those opens. Big fields, decent-sized bodies of water. Hank does a great job on putting the putting, uh... – open anglers on on a reasonably good size of water but anytime you throw Mm -hmm. 225 230 anglers out there including co-anglers you know a lot of them practicing as well it's uh it takes a toll real quick so um Mm -hmm. yeah those days of of uh being in an open and catching a lot of fish it's a lot tougher these days. So. <laughs> all right. It's time for that Nitro Performance Bass Boats listener question segment. And this question came in actually several, several months ago. But Doug Kroon from South Carolina through our Facebook page asked this. Thought it was a great question for you, Alex, because of some of the jig heads that you all have there at Lunker City. You talked about even earlier in the other segment. So what is the best jig head or how do you determine the best size jig head for a swim bait in the spring. From the weight, hook size, and plastic size, what seems to be most successful for you and why?
3: Yeah, so uh, a swim bait in the spring is pretty much one of the staples here, uh, especially on a place like Candlewood and what i'm looking at is i'm looking at the depth uh, i'm looking at how deep i'm fishing right and so for me typically it's going to be a 3a ounce size that's actually part of the reason why we created those titan jig heads because i wanted a nice painted jig head it actually has the weight imprinted on it so i'm not guessing what size i'm looking at if i do want to switch in the spring because A lot of times in the spring, you could be up shallow or you could be out in, you know, 25 feet of water. So for me, a three ace in the spring, just in my region, is a really nice size. I can fish it slow enough because you want to keep it near the bottom. You're basically dragging it, but you want to keep it near the bottom. And to me, a three ace does that from, you know, 20 foot to 10 feet uh, but if I go shallower than that, I might bump to a quarter. So I would say typically a quarter to three eighths, but it's always gonna be determined by how deep you're fishing, which is why I'd say a three sixteenths to a quarter to three eighths, those three sizes should cover you for the majority of your your swim bait fishing. Um and then for the size of the actual swim bait, you know, for us up here typically it's like a four-inch size or three inch size. It seems like as those fish get a little wiser, they like something a little smaller, but you're always kind of balancing that with trying to look for a bigger bite and Bigger baits get bigger fish typically. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say if I had to choose one, it would be a four-inch swim bait on a 3 ounce jig head. That's my confidence bait. Love that.
1: Let me throw this at you. I noticed the uh, Titan jig heads have a really nice 90-degree bend. Oftentimes, uh-huh. anglers don't really think about what degree the line tie is, right? That's kind of what I'm referring to for, for everybody yep. out there listening. But um, when do you like or do you ever like uh, a 60-degree angle versus a ninety degree angle. Or is it just ninety all the time? And if you could just expand a little bit on what your thought process is there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like so right. So I know some guys like a 60, some guys like a 30. Um typically I'll throw 90, but um I think there are times and, and I think part of that for me comes down to where i'm fishing if it's uh more grass related then i'm more prone to going to say a 60 degree one but uh if i'm around rock i kind of like that 90 degree i I like to keep that jig that eyelet uh, out of the rocks and from getting pinned in there And, and it just seems like i get hung up a little bit less so uh for me the the size is depth related and then the structure right if it's rock or grass is what determines the eye angle?
2: Wow, Go great on. stuff, Alex. Uh, that was that was the master's version there, and appreciate you answering that question, Doug. We need one more thing for you, from you, I should say, and that is simply log on to BassEdge.com, click the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, letting us know that you heard Alex answer your question right here on episode. 390 and we will send you that midway usa gift card where you can buy all things fishing and all things outdoors
1: that's right bass edge nation remember we keep posting on our social media about the midway usa gift card all you've got to do is comment below your question that you'd love to hear on the show answered by one of our guests we will Get that done for you, and you could be the winner of the next Midway USA gift certificate right here from Bass Edge Radio. Well, Alex,
2: as mentioned, it's very exciting to see where this new adventure will be going for you in 2023 and beyond. Uh, curious, any anything you want to leave Bass Edge Nation with as we uh, shut down the last episode of 2022?
3: Yeah, I I just uh, I mean first off I just want to thank you guys for having me on and uh, I am really really looking forward to fishing the Elite Series next year. Um, you know I'm a rookie, I got to go out and prove myself, but uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, and you know I, I can't stress enough how much uh, you know it's a it's a dream come true for a kid that's been wanting to do it since he was you know single digits in age. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, like I said before, and I and I back this up, I, and I think you're gonna back this up. And you got the foundation to be super successful out there. I'm looking forward to watching you, man. I'm going to be a fan in 2023 cheering you on. So best of luck out there in the lead series. Y'all hang on right here. Aaron and I got some last comments on this episode after this quick break. Stay tuned right here. At Bass edge radio.
0: You know, the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat Megaware keel guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive Contoured Edge and patented technology. Keel KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for Megaware Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick, Megaware Keel Guard. The Powerpole Charge Marine
1: Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system, all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the Powerpole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from Powerpole. Power where you need it, power how you need it, power when you need it.
2: Well, Kurt, I know you're fighting back the tears as we close down the last episode of 2022. Um, But before you uh, grab the uh, box of, of tissues, I found it very interesting with Alex, you know, working there in Cabela's on the retail side for seven years, then parlaying that over kind of opposite end of the spectrum, going to Lunker City Lure Company and being on the manufacturer side. Additionally, you know, being the angler and being in the industry that he gets people calling him for sponsorships. What a kind of a unique, I, I guess, situation that he's in and uh, I, I think speaks a lot about his success
1: it does it does um, I, I mentioned to him twice in, in the interview that I, I feel like he's got the foundation to be to be very successful in the elite series um, obviously performance is going to be a key he's gonna gonna need to work into you know working some of these new geographic areas that he hasn't spent very much time fishing in but um, yeah his experience in those developmental processes from the business side and the angling side. I mean, this isn't a guy that's just jumped out and fished six or eight or 10 opens, you know, to qualify. I mean, he's fished 30 events thereabouts and uh, had had some very solid top 10 finishes. He talked about a bomb here and there that he's had. And and now he's starting to learn to overcome some of those those obstacles, kind of similar to what Spencer talked about. Right. You know, in, in our last Episode Spencer talked about overcoming some of the errors that he saw himself making um, repeatedly. You know, before he jumped back on tour, now he's been able to eliminate some of those errors. I see Alex doing that same thing. You know, eliminating those bombs. He's going to be able to take a strong foundation. I think it's the fourth time I use this word in this episode. <laughs> he's going to take a <laughs> strong foundation into the 2023 Elite Series, both from the business aspect and the angling aspect, not typically seen at his young age. So be watching this kid. He's he's, he's going to be something to deal with for those guys out there for sure.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, certainly always a pleasure to have uh, new faces, new names. And um, like you said, I think I've got a feeling he's going to be on on Bass Edge more than he's he's not a one hit wonder. But in the meantime, Kurt, you know it is the last episode. I want to give you the the opportunity for last word? I certainly appreciate uh, all of Bass Edge Nation, our loyal listeners that have been with us, you know, from day one to our our uh, supporting partners uh, from MegaWare to Nitro to Mercury, um, you know, everybody that has just really yeah. helped. Help put this on, and, and certainly to you. I mean, just a every year that you do this, you you get better and better at, at producing the show, and and behind the scenes with Steve Leslie and, and Travis and his crew, this takes a, a several people to pull off each each month.
1: Yeah, it's a great team, man. Everybody involved has has a, a an integral part and, and, and meaningful you know to the success of Bass Edge Radio. And for me, I, I just, you know, want to give the happy New Year shout out to everybody. I know we're gonna we're gonna tape another episode here right before it turns New Year will launch on January one, but but obviously, you know, getting ready for the new year, obviously a Merry Christmas, an important time of year to spend time with family, enjoy those things, kind of think back to last year and, and years previous and and how we can uh, kind of uh, take all our game to the next level. So uh, trying to do that right here on Bass Edge Radio. Man, the listeners are what it's all about. Thank you all for being with us. Appreciate your time. I love hearing all of the uh, shout outs that I get when I'm on the road, guys talking, ladies talking about, you know, hey, man, I really enjoyed this episode <laughs> or that episode. And uh, Aaron, thank you. It's been a great time. Continue to do this. Love Bass Edge Radio. Man, that's it. 2022. We out. I'm out.
2: Awesome. And uh, keep in mind, if, if you have the opportunity, uh, there's there's people out there that need some help. If, if you can, help out the food banks. Hand somebody a $5 bill, whatever you can, to just uh, show some gratitude, show some appreciation. And certainly, it will make not only their life and their day a little bit better. It'll make yours, too. Kurt, again, thank you. Uh, we out of here. And uh, we'll join us next episode, 391, January 1st. So long, everybody. I am Aaron Martin.
0: Presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit bassedge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Midway USA, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, and Transport Graphics.